0: Hello, welcome to the show. I'm the host of it, Jeff. I'm here to talk about a creepypasta. I'm going to get right into it because we recorded too long on the last one and I don't want to be recording all goddamn night. It's a Friday night. Um, we're going to talk about a story called The Orangutans Are Skeptical. We're going to talk about a story called The Orangutans Are Skeptical of Their Cake. Nope. <laughs> third time's a charm here we go you know yes, what I yes. got caught up because I was saying orangutans correctly instead of saying orangutans like how yes. Americans always normally say it uh <laughs> the orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages hooray <laughs> the the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane red uh, leather yellow leather red <laughs> yellow leather no I can't do it fuck ah oh, god damn it Henry Higgins <laughs> That's the guy's name in My Fair Lady, right? Sure. Uh, Did you watch that show that was an adaptation of My Fair Lady where John Cho is the Henry Higgins figure and Karen Gillan is the uh, garble-mouthed fair lady? Um, No, that's
1: crazy. I didn't even hear about
0: that. It was called Hashtag Selfie, and it lasted a season, and I watched the pilot. Um... And they don't have her be Scottish. Oh no! Which the, she only finally got good at doing other accents in Avengers: Infinity War. This show was <laughs> like from four years ago when she was still very bad at it, like Guardians of the Galaxy One times. Um, just if you're gonna have her, someone be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a she's all that on this this garbage <laughs> local class woman why not have her speech, speak in her natural accent which has the cultural association of being low class in all of western society including america <laughs> why have her try to do, do a valley girl accent that's miserable for me to hear oh, anyway no. anyway john choe's very charming and i heard the show is pretty good but i only watched the pilot which i did somewhat enjoy
1: <laughs> he's always very charming i like
0: it yeah oh i bet i've already seen by the time this episode comes out uh, the movie where the whole movie seems to be a MacBook screen, and he's looking for his daughter who was <laughs> maybe taken. Uh, <laughs> I've
1: seen you talk about that, but I don't understand. <laughs>
0: uh, if you watch the trailer, you'll understand immediately. Uh, it seems like Unfriended style. The whole movie is just a MacBook screen, and you only get like video of other stuff when John Cho is doing video chat or watching a video. But otherwise, <laughs> it's just like showing him scrolling through. Facebook and stuff.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So it's like one of, those, uh, one of those phone games where you're a spy but you're like looking through your phone? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's my favorite <laughs> genre of game because I'm so nosy. <laughs> Did you play a normal lost phone? No. Uh, Was it it's good? a yeah it's well it's um it takes like a one to three hours depending on how much you do but it completely satisfies the urge of wanting to look through someone's phone um because that's (laughs) the whole game the game interface is a phone and you are just Mm -hmm. the only goal is to look through this person's phone and then you sort of like learn all all their secrets and about their life uh (laughs) and it's very touching i like it but uh Uh, it's available on switch actually but i don't think that like i think you can do it with the touch screen and side Sideways on the Switch, but I don't think that that would be as satisfying as playing it on an actual phone. Even though the Switch sideways mm. is basically just a big phone.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually saw an amazing music video by a Japanese girl group that was designed to be seen on an iPhone, and I do have an iPhone, and I was watching the video on that. So it's very good because things seem to be happening that are happening just on your phone, but it's actually in the video.
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, send me a link to that also. Uh, anyway, okay. my guest on this episode is Louisa Heron. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, tell us about the orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages, and we'll see if we can uh, stop getting distracted and make this episode a reasonable length.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, This is a format that I really like for a creepypasta where it's just a very pared-down story. We don't know much about the protagonist, but he seems to have um, sort of a psychological impairment like uh, in the movie Memento, where the main character cannot form new memories. Uh, This protagonist can't tell what is happening in a very interesting sort of way.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he can't. He doesn't notice when when a thing has changed, and yes, the whole time in the story, I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I I barely get how this works. But then later in the story, uh, there's a really good metaphor that explains it. So I'll just insert this now, so that the listening audience, mm-hmm. if they haven't read the story, will get it. The uh, a psychologist, I believe, explains it as a normal person. If you see a box of chocolates, you don't know how many are missing until you open the lid. This character, uh, who I don't know if they get a name at all... Um, I don't remember one. Uh, the, the psychologist says that he wouldn't notice if chocolates were missing even if he was looking at the box without a lid. He wouldn't notice if a chocolate was missing until he went to go get uh, the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, looking at the box without the lid is the same as the rest of us looking at the box with the lid as far as information re number of chocolates remaining.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. That was very uh, useful.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so the story is sort of presented as this series of conversations with the psychologist, and I yeah. listened to it on the No Sleep podcast, where it was a very, uh, very like anxious reading that I enjoyed.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the uh, protagonist is, it starts with him asking his psychologist a bunch of questions about, are, thi- are things different in this room? and uh, believing the psychologist who says that things are the same and he's still the same person and the chair is the same, etc., cetera, et cetera, Uh, But they're talking to him about his mother being missing and apparently the protagonist sort of feels bad, but in a detached way that his mother apparently went missing years ago and he did not notice. Uh, but yeah. he's being told now that that happened.
0: Yeah, uh yeah the he di- he didn't notice the mother missing and he doesn't really understand like what's happening to him, but um mm-hmm. we sort of learn that he's been um implicated in the the mother's disappearance in some way. They believe the mother was killed
1: mm-hmm. and he is in a psychiatric facility uh he seems to like it just fine uh, he talks to the orderly who comes to change his sheets, I guess. Uh, And wants to know if things are the same, and he always says yes, they're the same. Um,
0: uh, and then oh, gets- he asks. Uh, they have like a little conversation about the the pants they're wearing because everybody in the building wears oh, the same yeah. pants. And he's like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice that we were always wearing the same pants. I guess that's kind of weird. I probably should have noticed that." <laughs>
1: Uh, the orderly uh, says uh, I, I, be- I believe you about your brain <laughs> your bad brain I don't think you murdered your mother so then we know that he's been implicated in the murder like very specifically
0: yeah uh, and then it, it sort of continues with these weird interactions between the narrator and the lawyer mm-hmm. uh, and then the narr, like the narrator and the psychologist um, he keeps bringing up this phrase about how the orangutans are skeptical of changes in their case pages. Um, mm-hmm. which is something that seems to uh, uh, it's like a repeated phrase that seems to have stuck and it's a lyric from uh, Simon and Garfunkel's song I think it says in the story it
1: does say that yeah but I'm not familiar with the song so yeah
0: neither am I. I I think it came up when I googled uh, for the story though but mm-hmm. um, they keep having these repeated discussions um, about how the narrator's father understood the condition and so would feed him the same thing every day he would have steak mm-hmm for breakfast and a steak for dinner. Occasionally they would switch to burgers because steaks are expensive, but it would always, he would tell them, beginning of the day, here's what you're going to have, and then that's what they would have. Um... <laughs> And at this this is the point where I noticed, the, the, like, figured what the twist was going to be. Is this also the point where you <laughs> figured out the twists?
1: Yes, I think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a giveaway.
0: Yeah. As, as soon as he was like, father feeds me steak, I'm like, oh, okay, father killed your mother and fed <laughs> uh, her to you. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, it goes on like that, and... Um, the uh, here's uh, if you still don't understand the metaphor dear audience um, a favorite sofa even if it were the only piece of furniture in his otherwise empty home would only be noticed as missing once he intended to sit on it and not a moment before the rest of us would notice the second we set foot inside the home um, yeah uh, the lawyers. A, a little. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm just a little. Uh, I think this story is pretty well set up with that interesting psychological quirk. But t- it's strange then that the whole focus is on the mother missing. Did he really not meet his mother for anything at any point in six years? Because he did not notice she was gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like he like at some point there would have been some part of his careful routine that would have mm. involved his mother. Yeah. Um <laughs> Maybe he did notice initially, and then uh forgot that's true he also seems very trusting so if someone told him
1: like no you're wrong she is here then i think he might believe that
0: yeah yeah it's it's very like the 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 whole psychological condition they call it neophobia which is not an actual psychological <laughs> condition mm-hmm. uh it's well it's not this psychological condition mm-hmm. it is a psychological condition usually applied to food for uh, people with eating disorders or uh, small children who don't want to eat new food um, okay. it's also something that happens in um, with like rats and mice where they um, they are suspicious of changes because people are always finding new traps for them so mm-hmm. they'll they they won't investigate any like new structures they'll be like well I'm just going to avoid that because it's probably a trap uh, but it's it's generally associated with like other phobias as being an actual fear rather than what this person has which is an inability like this person mm-hmm. is is um, psychologically disabled they cannot notice changes and I don't think that that is a real condition
1: Yeah, the comments um, below seem to indicate that yeah people have sort of looked into it as not a real thing but I like how it's written as if it's real and it is quite plausible in a way
0: yeah uh, there. I get a sort of vibe from the uh like a, a mood from the story. It almost seems like a Edward gorey inspired style um mm-hmm. like, you know, the various uh offshoots thereof your Lemony Snickets and Tim Burton's. It sort of <laughs> slots in there for me. It's obviously not comedic in any way, so it's like much darker, but because it's sort of like this this very seemingly unusual uh family situation and just the way it's presented and the repetition of certain phrases and this uh, make-believe condition sort of gave me that vibe.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I like that it's something we've all experienced in a very small amount where you see someone and you're like, hey, I like your haircut. And they're like, I got my haircut a month ago, and you see me every day since (laughs) then. And you both kind of laugh it off, but you're like, oh, man, I really didn't (laughs) notice that that haircut was different (laughs) until today.
0: (laughs) Mm. Uh, I am usually very good at noticing when someone's hair is different. <laughs> um, our friend, Emma would frequently change her hair. And I used mm-hmm. to see her all the time because we, um, I think we lived in the same house for a little bit. I don't remember. I've, li- I've lived <laughs> so with Nan's a lot of, got
1: a bad memory. <laughs> yeah. I'm-
0: a lot of different people lived in the house I'm thinking of. I can't remember if she <laughs> was one of them. Uh, but like I saw her frequently. We lived in the same town. We were friends. Uh, Uh, And I haven't. And I used to always notice when her hair changed, which happened with some regularity, being a fashionable (laughs) Mm -hmm. young woman. But now I see her every couple months, and I'm never sure if her hair is actually (laughs) different or if I just haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. So you do get a feeling like the protagonist gets
1: here, where they're like, "Uh, "Is this couch different?" No. And like, you feel a bit foolish, but you still want to ask the question. You're not sure. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, I feel like I have the opposite problem of this person, where I notice changes, like, I'm too perceptive of them, to the point where sometimes I'm like, something's different in this room and nothing is different.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I also feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like I notice something's different, but I think maybe it happened a while ago, I get a paranoid fear that I, if I mention it, people will be like, how did you not notice? So I won't mention it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Those cognitive gaps are interesting to me. Like, I'm in... Uh, uh, like chat room with a couple real-life friends and some of their friends who I don't really know, and somebody posted a link to the Wikipedia article for the type of ant that is called Gamergate, because um, hmm. this is a type of ant that exists. And um, very comedically uh this is the drone ant that cannot reproduce in a colony (laughs) uh oh no sorry that can that can reproduce um Uh, a mated worker ant that is able to reproduce sexually um, i.e. lay fertilized eggs that will develop as females gamergates are restricted to taxa where the workers have yeah so like it's a type of ant that fits into that ant structure and Mm. um, in a somewhat comedic way and nobody like this came up in 2014 (laughs) when gamergate was happening this is four Mm. years later and it was wild to me that someone that a bunch of people were just discovering this um mm. coincidence mm-hmm. i don't know uh it's weird to i mean it happens to me sometimes too where i'll be like hey did you guys uh hear about gangnam style <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes during during obama's uh <laughs> first term we heard about Gangnam Style.
1: Oh, there's nothing that makes you feel more foolish on social media than sharing an article where you're like, ha, this is relevant, and then realizing that article was written five years ago?
0: Yes, that happens a lot these days in a very depressing way. Oh, true, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but where they're uh, like,
1: uh, the article's like, I just discovered a new kind of dinosaur. You're like, hooray, a new kind of dinosaur. But that was 2012 that they discovered that dinosaur.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was, oh, they discovered it in 66 million BC. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, I had to go back far enough that there were still dinosaurs alive. That's uh, good. Uh, I I was unsure, but yes, Gangnam Style did come out during Obama's first term, July twenty twelve. Um, I mm-hmm. thought maybe it came out in like October twenty twelve, which is far enough along. Technically, still his first. Yeah, yeah. You know anywhere in twenty twelve would be his first term. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. this isn't the Gangnam Style podcast, uh, so it's uh, <laughs> yeah. They- yeah, they keep bringing up the steak in court. Um, and then eventually he's talking with the psychologist at dinner. And he's like, All right, I'm going to order you steak. And he orders him steak. Um, and uh, he starts eating the steak. And he's like, Yeah, this, this is a steak. And the psychologist is like, Are you sure? And he's like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, I don't really know. Um, and then he keeps being like, Wasn't the steak that you ate before really bad? Uh, and like, they keep going back and forth. And then the psychologist is like you never had steak before haha I'm he takes off like his glasses and he's like you didn't see through the disguise (laughs) because of your disability but I'm your dad and you uh, had your psychologist for dinner and your mother for breakfast oh man yeah
1: (laughs) uh i like a lot of the story but it really lays it on thick right at the end there
0: (laughs) yeah i don't like this whole final section there's a bunch of like uh big thick line breaks and everything after that last line break at the outback steakhouse i just don't like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i think it's too it's too heavy-handed and it's not moody or subtle
1: yeah, you can have... I feel, I feel uh, that I am willing to suspend disbelief for a structure of a story like this, like a Alfred Hitchcock Presents. But people have to have an internal logic for why they do things, and the father just maniacally says that he fed his son, uh, the son's mother, in steaks every day until she ran out, I guess. And why, though? <laughs> there's no reason given for that. That's very strange.
0: Yeah, there's no... Well, I mean, I didn't want a reason for the father's crimes. I wanted a reason why he was telling. Yeah, that's a good and, point, too. And why he wasn't in jail. Like, they... Yeah. They, the police know. seem to know it was him, right? Because <laughs> they're talking about... uh In... in Oh, no, I guess it's only... um He's still implicated in the last court scene we've seen. And then it's only the psychologist, a.k.a. the father, who's like, You've been cleared. So, at that point, he's being... Completely, uh, over, -over overwhelmed. That's not the phrase. Uh, I think that this specific disability would work really well in a movie or short film. Because mm-hmm. um, you would have someone walk into a room and someone spooky would be standing there and they wouldn't notice.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty good.
0: That would be pretty uh, effective.
1: I don't want to spoil the movie memento, but there is a, a death that happens in the movie and it's the protagonist's fault because of his condition. And the reason that it came about is because people were testing whether his condition was real or not because they people who loved him couldn't believe that he couldn't remember them or anything so it, like it had an internal logic there but this I just don't understand what does the father get out of this
0: yeah this story? Yeah. also like the the person doesn't really have the main character doesn't have any agency which is kind of yeah. annoying um,
1: at one point the psychiatrist Psychologist Asks the protagonist If he knows what's happening and the protagonist Says okay they don't think I killed my Mother anymore they think my father did it But then we find out at the end of the Story that that uh, psychologist is Actually his father so is, are the Police actually looking at his father or not And why would the psychologist Slash father care about that
0: <laughs> Yeah it's so It's there's a lot of holes in the story. Um, this is in the genre of story that I'm going to go back uh, and talk about Candle Cove and Chris Straub again, because <laughs> it's just going to keep happening. I, 148 mm-hmm. episodes later, we're not going to stop. Um, <laughs> But, um, Chris referred to Candle Cove as a twist delivery mechanism. And it's a really effective one because it's very mm-hmm. short and pretty much every line is developing towards the twist. Mm-hmm. Um. In this and it's story. all
1: very plausible like everything yeah. along the way makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah, you get to like the last third of the story before anything like very unusual where nothing impossible happens, mm-hmm. but it builds yeah. in such a way where you're like that show that they watched was really weird, like weirder than probably anything we have in the real world. <laughs> yes. And then the twist happens where the show wasn't real. Um mm-hmm it was like some sort of mass hallucination. There's no explanation in the story for it, which is (laughs) good, because there shouldn't be, because that's part of why it's effective horror, is that there's this big question hanging in the air. Um, (laughs) In this story, it builds towards this twist that it also telegraphs the entire time, and then the twist reveal is so excruciatingly overwrought and long, Mm -hmm. after we already figured out (laughs) half of the story ago what the twist was gonna be. It It just... God, it takes like the whole screen worth of text to be yeah. like you weren't eating steak it was not steak, <laughs> you kept eating steak every day, but it was like, come on, we get it, we know we understand The, the fact that the uh,
1: father took him to an outback steakhouse to give him a steak to make the protagonist <laughs> admit that it didn't taste the same as steaks at home, and then the father could laugh at him is so bizarre
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's like over cruel, but not in a way that's. It's in a way that's like not interestingly cruel. <laughs> yes, it's it's not wow. like it's 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 like Jared Leto it's Suicide Squad, cruel. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, I get it. You're like super evil. You're sending used condoms to your castmates. Cool. Wow yeah. how how evil of you. <laughs>
1: I wish the story it, had a setup where the father was a successful serial killer and we'd found that he'd just been moving from town to town and he was feeding his son all his victims for some kind of twisted reason, but there doesn't seem to be any kind of reason.
0: Yeah. Or, like, this the, the son's, um uh disability came into effect in a different way, rather than just, like, bah, he didn't know he was eating people, because he doesn't know when something oh, yeah. tastes different. Like, I wish it had been, <laughs> like... Like they, that he had used that in some more interesting way rather than setting it up as being really important. And then actually, like any kid who you had never fed steak to before would have been tricked, trickable in the same exact way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the father doesn't really get a payoff because he's like, ah, you didn't realize it was your mother. But the way the protagonist's brain works, like he's never truly going to (laughs) realize. So (laughs) there's no huge reveal, really.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it's so, like... It's, it's so disappointing because the story is really well written and well structured but mm-hmm. the things contained within the writing and the structure, i.e. the characters and plot, aren't interesting mm-hmm. even a little bit to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think the protagonist could have been in a much more interesting story because I think this uh, brain condition is very interesting. This person is created.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think that the author, uh, I don't know if this is the real name but uh the reddit user is zachary adams um and i think um oh this is interesting uh it looks like uh zachary adams also wrote um what the black square means no this mm. isn't this isn't i'm oh, sorry we covered a story on the show called the black square this does mm. not seem to be um if it is an official or if it is a tie into that story it doesn't seem to be an official tie into that story because it doesn't look like zachary wrote um the original story uh there is a comment on here on the orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages Ooh, barely got through at that time Uh, (laughs) someone commented wait wait let's all wait a sec so the psychologist was his dad (laughs) yeah obviously and then zachary comments he's still here tied me down wouldn't eat it was mother again father is trying to feed me the rest he has tied me down now at the hospital the nurses father them all fooled he 's disguised as a doctor again. I know it, tried to force me to eat her wouldn 't do it. They have her in the IV fluid now, pulled it out every time now i can 't please. he has me rub down, please stop him, please, which adds <laughs> too ma- too much extra. that little mini sequel is not welcome first <laughs> off. One, if you're tied down, how are you posting on Reddit? Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Two- He's dictating. He's dictating
1: to his phone. Siri, take this down for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Siri, post the following to Reddit. Uh, It's it's just very unusual because- the the narrator wouldn't remember this or like notice this 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 little mini sequel seems to be just an in-character way of telling a commenter what happened um but actually Mm -hmm. all it does is sort of break the fiction of the story because it's very out of character
1: yeah (sighs) yeah yeah
0: (laughs) i don't Uh, know what to say about it (laughs) no that's all right do you have a spookiest part of this one
1: Um, hmm, I think maybe when our protagonist was talking to the orderly, who seemed perfectly nice and turned out to be perfectly nice, but the whole time he was talking to him, I'm like, this is going to go terribly wrong somehow.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um How about you? For me, the spookiest element is rather not a moment in the story, but uh, sort of a concept that the story plays with a little bit, which is someone who doesn't really know what's going on being accused of a mm. crime uh, mm-hmm. that they didn't commit. And that is boy getting framed for a crime is something that's like frightening to me I'm always like oh man what if I am near a crime when it happens and mm-hmm. then I get arrested and they think I did the crime and they put me in jail for it um that's that's scary to me Uh ooh I have the hiccups cool um <laughs> There is uh there, there's (laughs) this is a weird (laughs) moment that isn't really related, but I just noticed it scrolling through the page. He talks about having a Captain Marvel poster, but he doesn't specify which Captain Marvel. (laughs) It's I want to know whether Uh it's the the Shazam one or the the hero of the Kree Marvel Captain Marvel. Uh, (laughs) It does say he. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. it's not Carol Danvers Captain Marvel so it's either Marvel <laughs> or uh the the magic one that turns into a little boy when he says Shazam. That seems a, a strange- like a weird way to play it. It's the opposite. It's a little boy turns into him. <laughs> A
1: strange detail because not only is it not really plot important, it's not even important to the character, really, because the character doesn't bring it up again.
0: Yeah, the character remembers all of these details and is just using this as sort of a way to be like, I didn't notice when my brother left for college. Yeah. And I didn't notice when he came back from college. Um, yeah. He should have noticed when the brother left for college because that's no, that's a change. It's, I'm getting confused. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the, spook- the spookiest element to me is uh, the idea of someone being accused of a crime they didn't commit. Um, mm-hmm. A horror movie that came out this year called Unsane sort of deals with that. It's a Steven Soderbergh film shot mm-hmm. all on iPhones in secret. Uh, and then mm-hmm. it, in, in January, he was like, by the way, I made a movie starring Claire Foy and it comes out in March. Um, <laughs> and I went and saw it and it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. But it it like basically is like playing with you don't know if the main character is actually crazy or not, and also uh, there's definitely some stuff happening where the main character is getting punished for things that she didn't do. So it's uh, like yeah. it's that like ties
1: into a fear for me that if you're if someone's like, Alright, we need to commit you now to an insane asylum, and you'd be like, No, no, you don't, and then you'd be like, Listen, everything you say now is gonna make you look more insane.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's exactly what the movie is is yeah. like she goes to a psych psychologist because she's just moved to a new town and she's kind of sad and then the psychologist at the end is like i just need you to sign this release and then she signs oh, the release man. and then a bunch of nurses and orderlies are like you have to take off all your clothes and take these pills and we're locking you up because you just oh signed away all your rights on that release uh oh, man. yeah it's <laughs> really don't sign any papers without reading them <laughs> Um, Claire Foy is really good on it, uh, in it. Uh, like you You know her from The Crown. Um, she was also
1: Little Dart in the, uh, miniseries that lasted forever. I don't know how many episodes that was, but my god. <laughs> it was
0: good, though. I don't know what that is. Uh, Charles Dickens novel, so that explains uh, why it would yeah, forever. Yeah, that's why, because I, I can't read. <laughs> that's why I don't know what that is. Uh, she's the new Lisbeth Salander in the, um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo franchise. Instead hmm. of doing the sequels to the, like, that was a trilogy published posthumously and instead of doing the second two books in the trilogy they're just like totally new creative team recast all the main roles and we're gonna adapt one of the new books that we had a different guy write uh, like uh, three or four years ago (laughs) I was thinking that sort of thing
1: where I saw a commercial for a new Purge movie. Yeah. And it's got young a young African-American couple seems to be the star of it. And I thought, I bet this is just some other movie that they put in the framework of The Purge so they can use that name to get people to go to it. But it's now, like a totally different movie.
0: They they So this movie, I've seen the trailers for this a bunch. It's definitely a Purge <laughs> movie because it has the heavy-handed political allegory. It's, okay. the, fir- it's the first Purge. Marissa Tomei is like the president of evil and she's like (laughs) we're going to do the purge and we're going to try it in this Detroit or Detroit like place first oh people are just doing drugs in in the street like Jeff always says that they would do if there was actually a purge in real life let's Mm -hmm. send in government people disguised as civilians to start riots Um, and that's how they justify the later purges um and it's awfully uh topical to Disney yeah, World. Yeah, weirdly the purge movies are topical. I haven't seen any of them, but now I kind of <laughs> want to. Um Die Hard is a franchise where they take another action movie script and they're like, we're gonna call this Die Hard and cast Bruce Willis in it. Um oh, Literally yeah. Literally that. every Die Hard sequel is a different movie. I think the third <laughs> one was gonna be a lethal weapon movie, I heard. <laughs> was that did I hear that on Mabim Bam recently? <laughs> I think so. I think I've heard the same thing, so yes, it must be. Yeah. Uh, but the fourth, fifth, and sixth ones were also just, like, other other action movie scripts, or, like, adaptations of unrelated books not from the same series.
1: Oh, that's strange.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, I think, all we have to say about the orangutans are skeptical of changes in their cages. I'm getting through it quick this time now. Um, mm-hmm. Tell the people oh. where they can find you online.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Heronbird.
0: My account is locked but I will let you uh, follow me. That's fine. Um, I am on Snapchat and Instagram, JeffJK, Twitter, J3FK, Patreon.com slash JeffJK. I didn't plug this on the last episode. I don't know if (laughs) if the Patreon will still be up when this episode comes out. It should be, uh, but if it's not, ignore this part. Um, I'm thinking about putting it on hiatus, but if I can get enough bonus content, I mean, I guess I only need to do September, October, November, and then in December I should have more spare time, but I could do that one too. You can put ahead of time i'm thinking about it now i should be thinking about it later but one dollar a month will get you all of the digital content uh you can join creepypots the fan group on facebook to talk about horror stories usually if i go see a horror movie i'll post about it in there i've been posting a lot of horror movie recommendations in that chat room that i mentioned earlier in this episode uh, and boy I didn't realize because part at least partly because of this show partly because of movie pass and partly because the last two years I did marathons where I watched 31 horror movies I had never seen before in 31 <laughs> days for October uh, I've become a horror connoisseur so uh, I think I'll start now doing little uh, maybe a recent horror movie that you missed from the past few years uh, here's my recommendation you should should watch The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, you should watch this if you enjoy movies like Reanimator or Evil Dead that are just like kind of um, really intense body horror, but like so off the wall um, that, that they're also fun in a way and very visually stylish. Um, I think it's Emil Hirsch in this movie. I should have uh, brought up some stuff about it. I think this movie was um, direct to uh, digital. Yeah, direct to digital. 2016 starring Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch um, hmm. which it's gosh, it's a fun movie. Even if you just just watch the trailer and see if you'll like it, um, because the trailer is already spooky because it is literally just about an autopsy of a Jane Doe. Uh, and the actress playing the Jane Doe has a very spooky face. Uh, that she does not <laughs> that she doesn't move. Uh, at least in the trailer. I don't remember the movie,
1: uh, <laughs> but you do uh, recommend this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah no I remember I remember a lot of things about the movie but I don't remember specific details it's pretty good uh go watch it anyway uh, uh, good goodbye from the show here's gonna be my thing I say at the end you never had steak for dinner you had your psychologist and for breakfast you had your mother
1: I don't know.